Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. Now here's our guest speaker, Pastor Ezra Lakra, with his message, An Abundant Life. You know, I come from India, as has been introduced. Uh, you know, the people there, you know, uh, you know the population of India, and I don't have to tell the millions and millions of people there. It's so much populated everywhere, people. Of course, here in uh, in the U.S., I don't find so many people as what we have there, right here, there, India. And particularly, I come from the northern part of India. Uh, you know, we have uh, seven uh, union uh, conference, and out of seven, I'm here heading as a as a as a president for northern part of India. You know, the northern part of India comprised of 14 states. It's one of the largest uh, the territory-wise. Uh, we have to go about, you know, sometimes you have to have two nights to travel. We have to travel by, by uh, train, buses, and so on from one end to another end. It covers about two days, two nights. And we have 14 states. Now, that's perhaps you have to figure out how, uh, where the India, I don't know how many of you have gone to India. I know uh, Elder T.M. Patrick is here. I saw him somewhere. Okay. And of course, it was an opportunity for me to work with him there in Jalandhar. You know, as I was saying, this uh, particular territory, uh, we are in the midst of Bangladesh, Nepal, Bhutan, Tibet, China, Pakistan. Now, these are the surrounding, these are the, the countries, those uh, are surrounding uh, the northern part of India. And you know, the, the Himalayan giant is there, of course, in Nepal. But you could see from India, we have three peaks. And uh, I know you, I come from Delhi, and that's the capital of India. And I, I, would, I would be happy if you come to India and see our country, how beautiful of course, it may not be beautiful as your country. Uh, it's there, and there is a Taj Mahal, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. People come and see there. It's only about two, three, three hours from Delhi. And the, our work is growing very fast. In our country, in our, my union conference, we have about 200,000 members uh, in my uh, territory in the conference. And a lot of work has to be done. You know, people, you know, the religion they have of Hinduism, which is much prevalent over there. And, uh, you know, they worship cow, they worship the, the idols, they worship uh, anything, we can say. And as far I know, there's 33 uh, crores of deities. I don't know how we call in, in this, in millions, I don't know, but I would say 33,000 the uh, 33 crores of the god and goddesses they worship in India. Anything what they see and they would worship. And we have to reach to those people. And we are just pregnant. I said a very small amount comparing to the vast population in India when we have to preach over there. And this is my burden that uh, I know that there are many of the, uh, uh, the people, missionaries going to India and preaching and they are conducting the evangelist meeting. That would be your opportunity also, sometime to come to India, at least have time and 
uh, preach over there, and I'll appreciate that. However, as I have said of uh, these many, and uh, I hope that we will have a good time, and before we open the word of God, I will just bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Merciful Heavenly Father, we invite your presence at this time, that you speak to me, speak to each one of us as we ponder upon the word of God, and may we be enriched and we may be blessed abundantly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I'm a history student, and you know, we, have a, uh, we had a first prime minister, first prime minister of India. His name is Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru. Now he came to states. He came here in, in, in uh, 1940s. And he had the opportunity of, and I have a pleasure of meeting Einstein. Now he is the greatest brain that ever we can think of, uh, Einstein. And you know, they had discussed about the politics, they discussed on the trouble, and now one question he wanted to ask him, the Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru, he, he asked Einstein a question. He says, have you found the meaning of life? Have you found a meaning of life? You are an, a scientist. And he nodded his head and says, I have not found the meaning of life. How sad when you think of. But what does the Bible say about it? I'm going to preach on that. To What is the meaning of our life? What is the purpose of our existence? Why we are living? I'm a teacher. And then I was teaching to the student who was asking that why God uh, make me, why, uh, why he has created me, and what is the reason for my existence, why I am here. Now you have a lot of questions as we are living. You know, life is very short. And we have a lot of questions and a lot of achievements that we need to have. You know, here, first of all, before going further, what is the definition of life? Now in the dictionary, when we say the, the meaning that we can think of is a, it is the union, uh, union of soul and body. That's the dictionary meaning it says. And the period during uh, which, uh, which lasts from the, from the birth to present and the from present to, uh, to the death. Now that's the dictionary meaning of life. And you know the truth is that the life uh, now is very difficult to define what is life. And some say the life is the trust. Life as a loan from God. The God has given a loan for us to live. We do not know what is going to happen to us any moment. So it's a loan. That's from God. It's a short period of time that we live. Also it says, now life is a gift of, gift from God. We are all existing is because of God. Because he exists and we exist. And the life is an un substantial, flimsy thing. Now these are certain the, the dictionary meaning that I have found it. And the Bible very clearly speaks, very clearly speaks how the life came about. Of course, how the man was formed. How man got life. And we, all of us are familiar with the verse Genesis 2, uh, 2 7 where it says God formed the man 
of a dust of a ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and the man became a living soul so we live now this is a breath of life in us and as a god who has breathed us breathed in our nostril the breath of life and we are living we are living is because of god and and we can think of the kind of life that we are living there are three kinds of life of course what we think that we have got life from the mother's womb the mother has given birth we have given life now secondly when we think of how as christians when we accepted jesus christ we have got a new life we have been converted we have accepted jesus christ and we have got the new life and the thirdly we can think of the we are going to we are on the road of getting to an eternal life we would be getting we as adventists we as a christians we believe that we are going to get an eternal life and that's the now you know length of time before the flood the people lived here for 846 years eight that's an average for uh, 846 years but after the flood only 393 years and now when we turn to bible in psalms 90 verse 10 it what does it say what is the average age of our of our existence how many years we live now is only 70 years what the bible says the days of your years is a three score years and 10 three score plus 10 70 years that's all and what we are going to achieve in this 70 years i am 55 years now and when i think of 70 years i feel what i have achieved and what i am going to do what would be my life how am i going to live is the more than half of my life i have lived so present as according to the bible says in psalms 90:10 the the human existence of the man lives for three scores and 10 and the man that is born of a woman is for few days job 14:1 and remember how short my time is found in psalms 89 verse 47 and life is compared with a journey which is found in genesis 47:9 is a journey is a journey and uh, it may be for some of us it will be a short journey for us for some it will be a little long journey but we all are traveling on a journey whether we like it or not we are all in the journey for some it is short and for some it is long you know some uh, the life is a dream that's what found this found in psalms 43 verse 20 and you know this is a is a dream and how short you know when we dream last night we have slept and we have we have dreamt i do not know i myself do not remember but it was very short just for few seconds so life is also of the few seconds or the few minutes this life is short fleeing and transient and you know the and the life is compared with the shadow which is found in ecclesiastes 6:12 is a like shadow you know all of us when we walk and the sun shine and a sun falls on us and we see the shadow sometimes the long sometimes the short see shadow is the imitation of the real thing is a imitation of the real thing so life is also the same way is an imitation of the real thing and it is deceiving 
so long, so short, and life is like that. It's like a shadow. Life is uh, like a vapor. Found in James 4.14, a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. We know the vapor. It just comes up and it vanishes away. That's the life. That's life. And, verse, uh, and that's found in James 4.14. Life is like water spilt on the ground. Water is spilt on the ground. Found in Second Samuel 14, 14. You know, when the water is spilt on the ground, what happens? Now, it, it goes, goes in. And you cannot collect it. It's gone, disappears. It's, you cannot see anymore. Only there will be wetness, of course. But you can't collect it back once it is spilt. And that's how it's said here in life is like the, the water spilt on the ground. The life is like a flower, which is found in Job 14, 1 to 2. Man cometh forth like a flower and cut down and withers and gone away so quickly. It's like a flower. And what is the purpose of a life that we live? This life is very short, as has been explained in the Bible. And every technical device has its purpose. We have, as God has created us, for some purpose that we have. And why we? Like for me, I would say this a pen has a purpose. What is the purpose of this pen? Is to write. The purpose of our existence is what? For what we are existing. God wants us. God wants us that we have a fellowship with him. We should, com- we should communic- commune with him. He wants that we glorify him. He wants that we, we give him glory, honor, and the ab- uh, ability that we have to reflect his character, uh, a love that we make. So we have to have fellowship with God. Now this is what we want. Why we are here today is to have fellowship with God. And we, this is the purpose of our existence. Otherwise we will be going out for work and, uh, and we can be doing anything. But the purpose of our existence is to at least one day on a Sabbath day, a seventh day we come. And we have the relationship with him. Relationship with him. And you know, knowing God is life eternal. We know him. Today what we have learned in the Sabbath school lesson, what we are learning from the scriptures, we are knowing him. We have a relation with him. God, Jesus says, abide with me. Abide with me. That's found in, uh, in John 15. I am divine and you are the branches. He wants us that we are connected with him. He wants to have relationship with him. And this is what he wants, that we abide with him. And abide in Christ is to be in Christ. That's found in Colossians 1.27. And uh, as we have accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, when we are baptized, we are abiding in him. And we are growing in him. We are connected to the vine. And as long as we are connected, we will be living. That's the life. That's the life. If we are not connected, we may not be living spiritually, and ultimately we will die for eternity. So what we find, that knowing God gives the meaning of life. Knowing God gives the meaning of life. Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ. Paul says, to me to live is Christ. 
That's why we are living. We are li- living for Jesus. We are living for Christ. To me, to live is Christ. And you know, we are, what's the purpose? See, the purpose that sustains us. When we live, and there should be a purpose in our life. If there's no purpose, we may not be living that way. So that keeps us, you know, there's a story is told about Austrian uh, psychiatrist. Now his name is Victor Frank and who was imprisoned by Nazis. And he went to the prison and he has a terrible time. He was persecuted. And after he came out from the jail, from the prison, and he writes a book known uh, as entitled Man's Search for the Meaning of Life. And he says, the, and he says here, uh, he could able to survive, it is because of the knowledge that he had the meaning of his life. Otherwise, he would be dead in the prison. But because he knew there's a purpose in my life, and that focus that he had, and that he was able to exist. And the Paul, you know, the Paul was able to exist himself. You know how many times he had a shipwreck, he had to be, be beaten, he was in the prison, he was hungered, thirst. And he had, he, he, was, he was naked. And a lot of things that what we think of Paul. But he was able to survive. Because he had a focus. He had a purpose in his life. That's what it says in Acts 20, 22 to 24. I do not count myself dear to myself. But I focus. I run a race with a joy. That's the, he found joy in him. Joy, joy in him. So that's the f- he could able to find faith and trust. And this is how we are going to live. If we have faith and trust, no matter what it comes, we are going to focus on him and we are continuing to live for him. Jesus had become a savior in our uh, savior and the Lord in our life. And that will make us to live, live for him. And we race toward the goal as as uh, Paul here, it says in 1 Corinthians 9.24, run a race such a way that you obtain it. We simply don't run. Simply we don't live. But we have a crown. That's what the Paul says. That's waiting for me. And that's the focus. That's the purpose that we have in our life that, uh, that we, are, we live. And, uh, you know, it's a living life to the maximum. Maximum. That's the... Uh, the text that has been read today for the scripture reading, the second part, John 10.10. 10, I have come that they may have life, that they may have more abundantly, more abundantly. We not simply live just for eating and drinking. Life is, does not consist in eating and drinking. But now we, here it says to Paul that uh, Jesus, of course, he is saying that I have come here that you may have life abundantly. Let us live our life abundantly. And uh, you know, for mountaineers also, when we think of they, uh, they, they, they climb the mountain, they have a purpose to see up, to have achievement, to go to the peak. You know, that's, that's the purpose. They, they would see that they would. See, they would not see it down that, uh, and they would be much fearful, but they would focus their eyes on the purpose for which they are climbing. That's important in our life. And he has said, they find joy in reaching to the peak. Now I see the application of a Christian's uh, experience of Jesus did not call us, call us just to escape hell. Is it that Jesus Christ calls us to escape hell? That we are afraid of a hell? Of course we don't believe that. 
That's not the purpose of living. We have a brighter future. We look for a positive thing, not thinking. Our existence is not to be afraid of hell, but it's Jesus Christ who brings us up. He draws us near to us. And we cannot experience a full and abundant life if we are living in fear. Let us not live in a fear. That's not the abundant life. We may have positive life because Jesus Christ is our Savior who has uh, put, a, uh, put a crown on our head. And let us live with faith. Now, the, what, the other purpose of our existence is to witness. That's always we hear the witness. And uh, that's an important thing all that. See, when we have known Jesus Christ, we share, we witness, we tell others that what Jesus has done in my life, the testimony that we give. And that's important in our life. You know, to live is Christ. And you know, when we witness, where it found, it's found in 1 Corinthians 5, 14. That's a very important uh, text. First, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. The love of Christ constrains us. It's a love of Christ that compels me to do. We have accepted Jesus Christ. That's a love that is inculcated in us. And then we, because of love that compulses, drives us, consists us, and he, he lets us go. And that's what important. How do we witness Jesus Christ? You know, Peter and John, what did they say here in Acts 4.20? For we cannot help speaking about what we have not, what we have seen. We cannot keep in ourselves what we have experienced with Jesus Christ. I, I'm not content with it, but I want to tell it. I cannot keep it myself, in myself, of the experience that I have. I will tell it out. Now that's the, that's the life. That's how our life should be. Secondly, and though how we live, you know, live such a good life through our lives, that would be the example for others, the neighbors, and the people around, maybe a shining light. You know, that's what says for, you know, whole life shall be a testimony of Jesus, and Jesus is going to uh, take us. You know, the, uh, you know the, uh, the, the story is told about a man. You know, the older brother uh, was asked, uh, we have heard your brother has passed away, but you never let us know what happened. Why did not? So he says, we do not want to be announced. We do not want to be announced as his father, his brother died. Why? Because we did not want. Because the, 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 my brother was not good. And he had a lot of uh, the problems he had. We did not felt it is to be announced. That reminded me of a one king who had this kind of an experience. His name is Jehoram. You know Jehoram, the one uh, who had reigned and killed his brother, and he ruled for eight years, and he, he allowed the worship of false god, and so on. His reign was, uh, I would say, uh, it, it was uh, really, I would say, that he has led the children of Israel to, uh, for the corruption. And here he has, he, he died, you know how he died? He died with the disease. And the verse 20 of 2 Corinthians 21, 20, it says, No one sorrowed. No one felt bad because of his death. Is it that when we, when we die, people are not going to feel sorry for us? Jehoram, Jehoram, nobody felt sorry. That's what the Bible says here. Is it our life is such that the people will not feel sorry for us? 
because of her life is such it is sad story jehoram wasn't missed when he he died because he had he was self-centered and he was godless life that he lived and there's a poem that's written about now we live a life one life that we live one life one life for jesus is all i have one life for him so dear one life for doing will i can and will ev- uh, with every passing years you know there was a little boy he he had 1 dollar in his pocket and he was going from one place to another place to fi- get one candy of course he was not buying anything and he was asked why you not spending this money and the small boy he says i have only one one dollar left i have only one dollar i do not know which for which uh, cookies or which uh, which toffee or what sweet i am going to buy because he says i have only one dollar my dear friends my dear church members we have only one life if you have the 10 lives or you have three lives one life i could have used for luxury purpose one life for service or one life for pleasure purpose but i have only one life to live and therefore we need to be very careful as the flower that is my red in first uh, in psalms 103:15 to 16 it says as for man his days are like grass as a flower of a field so he flourishes and wind passes and it is gone only one life that we have and you know that uh, i just want to say that uh, flowers you know is so pleasant so appealing so beautiful it looks and it has the it has a nectar an aroma that gives you know and gives a function of creating or having an another seed coming out from there in our life also as a flower for a short life live our aroma or our influence is it bringing a seed to the our neighbors those who do not know our life is compared with a flower who gives a seed and we may able to bring more seeds more members in our life and lastly i just want to mention about the achievement of alexander great you have i am the history i history teacher that's why i quote this person alexander the great i think all of us have studied in our school of course in india where they teach us you know the alexander the great was he is called as a great because he came out to conquer the whole world he went and you know the alexander great he was the restless flaming youth of all the times ruthless as a slave to the passion to conquer slave uh, and blood was his fuel in his life blood was a fuel of his life and the death was his daily conqueror at the age of 20 at the age of 12 he subdued the wild stallion at the age of 20 he set out a conquer the whole world you know young people not at the age of 20 he went to conquer the whole world he conquered persia he went to all the towns and the villages and he every where he conquered now he comes to india to conquer he comes you know with a you know man he was uh, he was a majestic man he came with a white elephant hundreds of white elephants girded with tusks and he followed enormous bulls with the girded the 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 horses 
and then followed by the black elephant and red camels and multicolored horses. Now he is coming to attack India. That's what we study in history. He came with the sitting on the ivory throne and then he comes with a 40 jet black stellan and, and, and then 40 tamed lions were escorting him and he coming to India to attack. But I need to proclaim that he was ready to conquer the stars. I am my own law, he said. I am the embodiment of wind. Not long after the matchless triumph found in India when he was returning back, he died at the age of 33. What was his achievement? What shall, what shall a man profiteth? If he wins the whole world and loses his soul. Here is a Christ that's a comparison given. Now Jesus Christ, a humble man, the one who was born in, in Bethlehem with a humble family. And he died at the outside of Jerusalem at the age of 33. And when you compare here of Alexander the Great and Jesus Christ, what are their, their achievements? Alexander died at the age of 33. His body was embalmed and put in the golden casket. But the casket has long since disappeared and bones within have crumbled in the, into the years. And whereabouts of his body is not known. Although the body of Jesus Christ he stayed through the two nights in the borrowed tomb. For a brief three years, he has worked and he, he conquered all of us, conquered evil, conquered the human beings, and he died on the cross of Calvary. The poet says here the, the fitting rhyme that he brings here. I'll just read it here. One lived and died for self, talking of Alexander, and Jesus Christ, he died for you and me. The Greek, he was from Greece, Alexander Great. The, the Greek died on the cross, Jesus, I, I'm sorry, the Greek died on the throne, and Jesus died on the cross. One led vast armies forth, but Jesus walked alone. Alexander the Great shed a whole world's blood and Jesus shed his own blood. The Greek won the whole world in life and lost everything in the world. But Jesus lost his life to win the whole world. One conquered every throne the other every grave. One lived but to blast, but the other to bless. The Greek made all man's slaves. Jesus made all men free. Alexander the Great built a throne on the blood. Jesus built on love. The Alexander Great short-lived and died forever, Jesus lives 
forever. What shall a man profiteth when he gains the whole world and loses his soul? This was the condition of Alexander. He could not find the meaning of life. For what reason he was existing? Jesus lived here and showed his life that how he could live. He was a blessing to each one of us. And we find that Jesus, who gave his life for each one of us, and we accept him. May we maintain the relationship with him. May we come to me. To live is to Christ. And may we live for him. And Jesus Christ, he says, of course, the life eternal, that I know him, the Jesus. We are living for Jesus. How long we are living in this earth? 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, of course, we have some of us living. Rest of life. We want Jesus Christ to live in us. He knocks at the door of our heart. May we open our hearts and he will let him in. God bless us all. That the greatest achievement that we will have to have Jesus. When we go to heaven and the greatest the achievements we will have to talk to Jesus face to face. Face to face we will be talking to him. What will be our privilege? To going from Frederick, going from India, going from all the places and we will meet Jesus Christ and we'll talk to him. That's, that, that's my prayer this afternoon. God bless us. Shall we pray? A merciful Heavenly Father, how much you have loved us. You have died for us. You want to maintain relationship with us. You are at heaven. And you, you are saying to the Father, and you are pleading to God, dear Lord, because you have died for us. And you love us so much that we come to you. We may experience your love. We may have everything that we would like to submit to you. We may have, we have sins. We have neglected our prayer. We may have neglected our Bible reading. We may have neglected coming to church. We have those areas where we cannot say, but thou still loves us. You are calling us, dear Lord, and we want to come to you. You want to speak to you and help us that we are able to grow in you. May your abundance of your love and grace be upon each one of us. Amen. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at frederick.sdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click the sermon audio link. 